0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey in Your Own Backyard. I am Rob, uh, and with us as always, Carter. Carter is here. How you doing, Carter?
1: I am great, man. Uh, have some uh, spirits in the glass, uh, ready to, ready to go. That
0: always makes you happy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Makes indeed. you feel good. Yeah, loosens you up a little. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, you you were nice enough to share with me a bottle of rye whiskey that was very very good, and and uh, it's a it's a place. Not too far from your house. Oh, yeah. And you were great enough to uh, set up what we're doing tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and let you run with it a little bit. And yeah, introduce sure. What's going on. Sure. Well, um, it, it couldn't be uh, more conveniently
1: located to where I live, but yeah. uh, we are at uh, William Price Distilling uh, this, I guess it's evening, uh, late afternoon yeah. or whatever. Um, and I uh, got an opportunity to meet Brian. He kind of showed me around here uh, and uh, just really impressed. Some fantastic cocktails some fantastic spirits uh, and uh, just a uh, overall seems like a very cool place and a very cool guy uh, who uh, owns this place. And it's
0: in your own backyard.
1: It, it it literally is in my own backyard, yes.
0: Well, well let's welcome Brian Clary to the show. Brian, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
0: Man, we appreciate you taking time. I know you have things going on. You're you're closed uh, after hours, and you've been kind enough to join us and, and let us visit with you a little bit about what's going on here at William Price. So uh, let's let's jump into it. Can we just start firing questions? Because we've got all kinds of questions. Fire I know, mean, You're doing some cool things. So, uh, you know, when we talk to people a lot of times and our goal with the podcast is to kind of give people that uh, pull the curtain back a little bit, you know, and let people see what's going on and who these people are, who are doing the really cool things in our city. And, uh, you know, this is my first time here, uh, Carter has really talked it up The few times you've been over here with Yon. Yeah,
1: I think uh, in, in a month, this is probably my fourth time here. Yeah, and <laughs> so.
0: coming in for the first visit, I'm going, okay, I could see being here on a Saturday and really having a, a really good time. So right out of the shoot, I'm going, okay, you've got a really cool vision that you're trying to uh, you know, accomplish here. But the history and the story kind of behind you. I'm looking at you. You're a younger guy. You're, you're not some guy that well, goes, I've been in the spirits 30 years. going, <laughs> you know, I'm going to open my own distillery now. You're a younger guy. So kind of what's your story, one, Houston, Texas area, uh, and what's the love of, of the
2: spirit that, that made you go, this is what I want to do? Well, uh, first of all, the idea came from my business partner, Zach. Uh, he uh, wanted to get into spirits. I went back to school for graduate school in 2011, and he said, you're there, write me a business plan. I want to make whiskey. And I said, okay, whatever. You know, that's the kind yeah. of reaction you have to someone who thinks up something like that. Okay, yeah, that'd be cool, but whatever. Well, there was opportunities in business school to learn about the spirits industry, and it is a great industry, a very good margin industry, 60%, 70% margin on sales. Wow. They Dang. don't tell you everything goes back into it for marketing. Sure. <laughs> but the cost of the actual product is... Less, less an imperative on, on on the driving of the cost, right? So I looked into it. Um, he is actually friends with the guys who started Eighth Wonder. Okay, so uh, um, great brewery. Yes, yeah. he's worked with them, um, and basically he poked me along and said, "Hey, write me a business plan. Write me a business plan. Write me a business plan." So uh, I went into consulting, management consulting in Dallas, and once that stopped working for me, I didn't like it as much. I decided to do this. Because I always wanted to do this. So once he started putting that idea in my head. What when he was poking and prodding was it Houston as the destination
0: for this vision
2: or well was we it just, were sitting we there start it in somewhere. poking and prodding Houston was not the destination. Okay, but uh, in spring of twenty or uh, January of twenty fifteen, we started getting serious about it. Okay, and. I went to a convention in Austin that was a craft distillers convention. Tito's was the guest speaker. About four or five hundred craft distillers there. American Craft Spirits Association. And the next week I went down and cooked at the barbecue cook-off for the rodeo with him. Wait, 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 wait. So you you, you fire up the stick pit too? I don't. He was on a barbecue competition team. Ah, So we sat there, watched the competition pits one night for about 14 hours. Yeah talked about it and decided to move forward so that and, was, and,
0: and if people are going why in the world you 're in Houston why are you 're asking about Texas because a little more background on you you 're a military brat and sure. you 're definitely uh, i mean you, you rambled through and i don 't know how you can say them so quickly, but you 're a man of the world, not, not just <laughs> yeah. the United States, and you 've covered a lot of areas in the United States, but you 've been around the globe a little bit as well
2: yeah, I have a connection pretty much everywhere if you want if you okay. want to start about connections so Um, Yeah, I've been everywhere. Uh, Zach is Houston, born and raised. Okay. I was in Dallas at the time, consulting out of Dallas. And so the question was, there or here? Or somewhere else in Texas? And... He's married with a two-year-old now, but it was, they were planning a family, and he's like, well, if you want to do it with me, you got to come to Houston. So, all right. <laughs> As a person who owned my own moving supplies from moving so many times. Yeah, kept them, uh, huh? Kept them, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't buy boxes. I had tubs. I had there, there you go. 15 plastic tubs that everything went in, came back out, the tub stacked up. You I, knew you were using yeah. them again. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So, uh, at that point, it, it was Houston. Awesome. So I do have more connections to Houston. I have a couple cousins who live in town. Uh, my grandfather's sister lived here and, and until we lost her about a year ago, but yeah.
1: Well, uh, I have a quick question for you. Um, tell us about the name William Price. Uh, that's a, that's a, a unique name for a distillery, so uh, get a, there's got to be a backstory behind
2: that. So the first name we came up with... Uh, was Monument Hill distilled. So when I went to the convention in 2015, it was Monument Hill, and the whole idea was we'd name everything after Texas battles. Okay. Great, right? Then we realized that was, you know, throwing throwing so much tex- Texas at you that we didn't want to be defined solely as that. So we talked about it. We talked about honoring our past, honoring our history. We came up with the name namesake. So uh, if you think about your namesake, who you're named after, it's usually a generally positive feeling. It means something different to everyone, but it's a generally positive feeling. Zach, being a patent and trademark attorney, looked into the Rolodex and said, oh, we can't do that. We'll get sued if we ever become a national brand because there's a winery in California that has it. It's like, okay, well, who, is, who in our history, our personal histories, you know, who one of our forefathers um, can we name this after? So we went back and forth, tried his grandparents' names with my grandparents' names, this and that, this and that. I was like, okay, well, if you want to go really far back, uh, I have an uncle who did genealogy and found out this guy in our history, and his name is William Price. He was born in 1800. He moved to New Salem, Illinois in 1820 uh, from Tennessee, uh, and then he left there in 1832 and got to Texas in 1848. It's like, well, how do we know so much? Oh, he was history adjacent. So he was the first Clary. So William Price Clary. um, He was the first Clary to move to Texas. Uh, Obviously, William Price is a better-sounding, bold name than William Clary or Uncle Bill or Brian Clary. (laughs) So it's like, all right, so it's a good, bold name, right? And the history and adjacent part is we know his life history because he's in the history books. He's in the history books because he was in a small town called New Salem, Illinois, where one Abraham Lincoln ran aground and... uh, Bill, Bill Clary bet $10 that, uh, to the general store owner next to him that his cousin would beat Abraham Lincoln in a wrestling match. Not only that, but Bill Clary owned the liquor store in New Salem, Illinois. So I guess liquor runs seven generations deep. So he's oh, wow. my fourth great-grandfather. Did he win that bet? With... No, the Clarys cheated. Oh, okay. So he was, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was going to win, and then the family wouldn't let that happen. So uh, after that, Abraham Lincoln was the head of my family gang for like two years.
0: That, that's a uh, great story. <laughs> now, that, that is a story. That's yeah. a great story. So
2: that is what the name of the company is. Uh, so we honor our history with that. But we don't project that in our branding and our brand. We talk about who we are, and who we are is the guy who's sitting in front of you right now. Yeah. In the polo shirt, shorts and and. Flip-flop. So to that, we're, we're young Texans who live in the city. So we're going to be authentic to who we are. Absolutely. We're not going to put an old guy on the label and say, this is my old grandpappy's recipe, because yeah. it's not. And uh, we're not going to sell you old country and, and just Texas, Texas, Texas. We're going to sell you a young urban brand.
1: That's cool. Very cool. Um, well, I, I guess that I, I might be wrong, but the first spirit that you got into was rye.
2: So um, when we were building it out and the story of the distillery getting together was me spending two years building a business plan, building an operating agreement, and doing R&D. It's a really bad time when going to distilleries and liquor stores is a tax write-off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Gosh, sucked, um, you know? Yeah, it really sucked. So every time I wanted to go travel somewhere, I'd look up a distillery and I'd go see friends and stay on their couch and hit up five to ten distilleries every time I was there. So through the research and the research and the research, it was either got $20 million and you can go big, or you're starting on a shoestring budget and it'll take you five years to get anywhere. Well, being young, as you said, I have to pay for this and I have to have this as, a, as to pay myself. So we split the difference and raised a couple million dollars and started off in the mid-tier. So I wanted to jump in at a five-year point. To jump in at the five-year point, I can't do grain of glass. I can't be serving bourbon that I have made four years ago. I have to, you know. You have some overhead. I have some overhead. Yeah. yeah. As you can look as you can look around, there's some overhead in there's this. There's some overhead. overhead, yeah. So um, that negated any grain of glass distilling. That negated anything that we're doing on such a small scale, right? And I thought about a destination distillery. When I was a kid, 7, 8, 9, I lived in England. Well, my parents were smart enough to take me to Scotland and take me to a distillery at that age because that's you know age appropriate. So, yeah, sure, yes. I remember. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I remember going to Glenfiddich Distilling, having my legs uh, picked up and being lifted over in the side and smelling the mash tun. I remember the the walkway from the mash room into the still room, and I remember my mom going, "Well, if they're not going to drink the alcohol for their part, can I have it?" So, yeah. um, to this day, and all while growing up, I would look on a back bar and I see. Where's the green triangular bottle? Where's the glymphitic bottle? Where's the good scotch, right? So I knew that. I knew that Destination Distillery had imparted some seed in me. So that was part of the plan, right? You build a good distillery. You build something beautiful like this, uh, something that people will remember. When they see your bottle on their shelf, they'll have that positive vibe. They'll have that positive memory, and they'll want to buy it. Well, before we dive in too far, if you're okay, Carter, yeah, with, yeah.
0: with the products, because I want to get into these, because we're, we're sipping on a little warm-up, and we'll talk about that here in just a second, because I'm really liking it. Oh, yeah. Um, talking about destination distillery, and I love that that term. I don't know if you've coined that, or you heard that somewhere <laughs> else, but I love that term. Let's go ahead and tell everybody where you're located, uh, because we said you're in Houston, but people are going, where the hell in Houston are you? Oh, yeah, man. I I just assume
1: people know where
0: I live. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A lot of us do. Yeah. Uh, Kind of tell everybody what you're trying to create here that you you want them to come out and experience and enjoy, and and is it uh, adults only? I mean, I know some breweries in different places that say, you know, we got some cornhole set up, bring your family, we got sodas and kids and... I mean, yeah, well,
2: you- uh, Destination Distillery is all about family. Um, as you can tell, we're in the middle of the neighborhood, Garden Oaks. So a lot of the people who show up are have kids in tow, have dogs in tow. So we're located at 970 Wakefield Drive in the heart of Garden Oaks, uh, just, off, uh, just on the north side of 610, northwest side of the loop uh, between Ella and Shepherd. Um, right next to Wakefield Crowbar, Walking Sick Brewery, Great Heights Brewing. Uh, and what used to be uh, petrol stations. So uh, we're right here in the middle of a neighborhood. You know, we want people to come here and be comfortable. So obviously we have an indoor space that we're sitting in now, a little bit of lounge area over to my left. Um, We have a whole outdoor patio, and then eventually we hope to open up the back space when it's cool. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to sit and partake in some drinks uh, with some kids, uh, look at the stills, be surrounded by the equipment, do tours and tastings. Uh, but we do have patio games. We do have Connect Four, Cornhole, and all, all other kinds of things. So, yeah, we are totally uh, family and friendly and, and pet friendly, the patio for pets and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's it's all and about bringing everyone and family together.
0: Hours? That you, is it just weekends right now that you're open? Or are you doing things during the week, in the evenings? or what, So, uh,
2: we're open in the evenings, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We hope to open up in the evenings uh, in September when it gets a little cooler okay. out. Um, but you can also come by any time between 10 and 4 during the weekday. Uh, we'll be here. We'll be open. We'll, we'll be willing to buy a bottle, tour and a, a sample, something like that. Exactly. Okay, cool. For, for bottle tour and limited cocktails, we have a cold brew coffee on tap as well. So if you want to come here and work from here, we got free Wi-Fi and TVs and stuff.
0: Well, one thing I want to mention about your lounge, and, and obviously we already touched on it. It's a great setup and you can enjoy, but there might be people out there going, well, not really a, a spirit drinker. You guys, you know, kind of tagged this as the cocktail lounge. This is so you make cocktails, and I looked at your board walking in. I mean, the cocktail list is uh, not short. You make quite a few creative things.
2: No, we definitely have an elevated cocktail program, um, but we also have non alcoholics, too. So, okay. Uh, we For the eight year olds. Yes, we have uh, lemonade. <laughs> we can make uh, non alcoholic cocktails. Uh, we usually have one or two that are frozen as well, uh, and then mocktails, so faux uh, cocktails as well. Sure. No, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And I can tell you, as somebody who's tried a few of the cocktails, oh, yeah, they, you're are, a cocktail guy. they are excellent. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, so uh, a big part of how we started up was we started in the middle of the pandemic. So we were under construction all of uh, 20, 2020, and we got our permit seven days uh, before we started making hand sanitizer. So after eight, eight solid days, we were from permitting to – selling our first product
0: and not exactly what you had in the business plan
2: as far as your first product. Reversed. No, no. So we were okay. uh, sitting on our construction permits, waiting for those to get done. We had the operating permit in our other building and we were waiting for the federal government to get our permit and the pandemic hit. So uh, we said, all right, we have all this money to, to wait for the bank to give us our loan. Let's just go spend it. let wow. throw it at the wall. Let's go buy hand sanitizer. we serve hand sanitizer. It's what people need. And we have the money to do it. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, so, uh, We hired all bartenders. Uh, We opened up a 501c foundation and have donated $25,000 to bars.
0: We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Bar &
1: Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-host sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited anywhere where you stream podcasts just remember madhouse bar talks baby
0: touch on that a little bit more because that's not all you do in the community being a part of the community i mean you guys are a new company uh but the way you're jumping into supporting local communities is pretty impressive and i think people who want to support back to the to the places who are supporting the community need to know about this. So
2: Yeah, so uh, that was part of the reason is, you know, we could help, and we, we had the money and we had the room to do it, so we did it. Um, but going through and meeting all of those people, everyone we hired, again, was bartenders who were furloughed. Yeah. And we got to meet bartenders. And we got to see bartenders. And, you know, if their bar didn't exist, well, I wouldn't have anyone to sell to. Yeah, So right. <laughs> it's right. a little bit of selfish, but uh, we met some wonderful people, and the people who put together the, the cocktail program are the people we met through that. That's awesome. Oh, so the Elevated great. cocktail program is not me, but it's definitely uh, someone who we worked with and they created the cocktail program and it touches on a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You need some sour, some, some booze forward, you need some bitter stuff on there. So that's how they get. But again, we started a 501 C. Um, we're doing matching on a, a couple different fundraisers right now. One of our vendors had their, uh, some money stolen that they were going to buy a new food cart. So we're going to help them out there. Um, and just just give back. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: that's great. That's awesome. How difficult was it to find bottles for uh, hand sanitizer during that uh, time? He that knows was, something about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that I was that, that was quite
2: difficult. But if you want to look in the back, we have a few extras. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have a few extras of all different shapes and sizes. So.
0: All right. Well, I want to jump to. Uh, there's a really pretty lady staring at me through this window. And can you talk about her and what her role is at this place?
2: So, uh, Destination Distillery, jaw dropper when you walk in walk Yeah, in the it door. is that. Uh, we wanted to, to put that energy out there to be impressive. So, it is original that. business plan was just operate as a bar. Don't do any distribution until two years down the road when I get distributors banging down my door. Yep. Obviously, times have changed. So, um, that thing is two years old. And tell, has, tell everybody what we're talking about. We're talking about a 1,500-gallon or 6,000-liter Forsyth still, pot column hybrid still, uh, handmade in Scotland. Also a good distilling trip if you want to go on uh, a junket. Uh, so I've been in the, the facility that they made that in. That was uh, cool. But again, it was all hand-beaten, so it comes in copper strips. We gave them a design. We had a designer who we've been working with named Michael DeLavante. He has been distilling for about 56 years, originally from Appleton Rum in Jamaica. Oh, cool. So he designed it all uh, and worked with Forsyth's to to get it dialed into what we want. That's awesome. So uh, pot-column hybrid, it will, again, create five barrels of whiskey every time we run it. So every wow. day we run it. It's about five thousand dollars, and you get five barrels of whiskey off it. So it's about eighteen feet tall. It's about eight nine feet wide. Uh, yeah, it's it's sitting right behind the bar behind a big big glass window. So and, wow. and come by yeah, and come it's see awesome
0: it. to see when you come in into the cocktail lounge. But uh, timeline for having her up and running?
2: Uh, hopefully, hopefully
0: five to six months. And does she have a name? Not yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. There there you go. You might be able to help.
1: There you go. (laughs) Well, I can tell you, you know, I have visited Appleton before, and they have some amazing pot stills. Yeah. Huge. Like, if you do the tour there, you see just a huge row of pot stills there.
2: Yeah. Forsyth's is the – they've been making stills for, I think, I want to say six generations over there, Uh, 100, 150 years. They make all the stills in Scotland, basically. Um, They're about three miles down the road from Macallan right in the heart of Speyside, So, And just so everybody in the
0: Texas area knows, you're part of the Texas Whis- Whiskey Trail.
2: Yeah, we're uh, getting that up and running this month, actually. So, yeah, Very cool. Has Wade stopped by to visit with you? Ha- Wade has stopped by three or four times. Good for Wade. Good for him. Yeah. He hasn't stopped by to see the new... He hasn't and- seen the still yet. He hasn't seen the All still right, yet. We'll that's only, to, that's only been there about 12 days now.
0: Okay. Mm. All right. Well, I'm, if you don't mind, I I would love to, and and people are listening, they love the backstory, but they want to talk about what you're, or hear about what you're producing as well in the bottle. Yep. Um, You okay jumping into it? We're going to let you guide us. This is your product. You can kind of steer us down Yeah, I'll
2: definitely guide you through it. So um, we went at it looking, we're bourbon guys, right? Yeah. So uh, we wanted to get to a flagship bourbon and we'll sell our soul to get there. <laughs> so, uh, Not I'll let you know what that flagship bourbon tastes like in about five years, right? There you go. Um, and hopefully, it'll be made off that big, nice piece of copper behind me. But uh, in the meantime, we went and we sampled and 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 sampled. And sampled. Uh, I got about 150 different samples uh, on the shelf in the back rum, vodka, gin, all different kinds of things. Uh, but trying to dial in a brown spirit, uh, we definitely went for a rye out of Indiana. Uh, if you know what that means, you know what that means. Um, but that's the best one, the best quality at the most reasonable price. Sure, yeah. Um, we looked at doing blends of ryes from Indiana, Iowa, New York, Kansas, and and all different kinds of places. And it was just a lot easier and uh, consistent yeah, source. Consistent source is a consistent product. We sure. knew what we were going to get. So you've already tasted uh, what we came up with uh, of our first blend. I'll go ahead and give you a little bit more of this uh, next one. Um, and what we do uh, is we rely on smarter people to do things than us. Good business plan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I built the sandcastle. Or I built the um, the sandbox, and I p- let people build sandcastles in it. Yeah, there you go. So our blending panel is uh, Brian Wayne, a manager of Poison Girl, and Lindsay Ray Burleson of Two-Headed Dog. Okay. They both have fantastic palates. Lindsay was the one who developed the cocktail program, and she knows how to build cocktails. Uh, cool. Brian Wayne is a whiskey oh, bar yeah. owner. Yeah. yeah, He knows know what he's bra. talking about. Yeah. Too, yeah. So you Legend. have two people from different points of view coming at it, and the way we took it is we talked about where we were going with it, what we wanted to do it, do with it we have four to six year olds that we're playing with of two different mash bills a 95% rye 5% uh, barley and a 51% rye 44% corn 5% barley so uh, those are the two mash bills that we're playing with and we bring in 12 to 12 plus barrels at a time uh, and hopefully we find one that's delicious which is what you're drinking right now which Mm -hmm. is a single barrel single barrel you have is a 2017 uh, nice. It's about a four-year-old rye. Just fantastic. We didn't we didn't mess with that at all. So anything that's fantastic, you don't blend away. You just tap it and pour, unfiltered, uncut. Yeah. Uh, you see the bottom of the barrel? The, the bottles came out of that. That's just char everywhere. Really? Yeah, yeah.
1: That's the bottle I look for. Yes. <laughs> so we got a
2: couple of those in the back. Um, we left those aside. Uh, for people like you yeah oh yeah <laughs> um so after that we we look at, we look to to create a, a flagship line that 's a one oh one rye right okay uh, low proof enough that it's a it 's approachable as a drinker for everyday person, but high proof enough that it doesn 't get overwhelmed in a cocktail, yeah, so if you think about a written house rye uh, uh, yeah. a uh, Dickel rye comes in at one oh one, uh wild turkey rye Old comes Forrester in. at a at hundred. Yeah. yeah. It's right in there. It needs uh to, to work in cocktail bars and it needs to work as a straight pour.
1: And this is a blend of the 95% rye and the 51% rye?
2: Yes. So uh, the one you're drinking, or the one that you had before, was a three-barrel blend. So it was one barrel of 95%, and then a third of the 51 and a third of another, or two-thirds of another 51 So ah. it was about two barrels in volume, about 600 bottles okay. Okay, in total. Uh, the next one we did was a little bit bigger. It was a five-barrel blend. Nice. Uh, it was two full barrels of one, two half barrels, and then a third of another barrel. So total volume came about three, three and a half. And so that's actually proofing down in the back. Uh, that should be available at the end of, end of July or so. Okay, okay, cool. A couple more weeks. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So that's what we look for. The best, the best is the single barrels. The second best goes into the 101. Those are really, really good. Uh, we've definitely taken those around um, to, to some bar owners and friends of ours. And while we know who we know, we get through the door they they'll taste it they're very very surprised at how how good it was on our first second and third third drives. now when you
0: talk about your single barrels you're saying single barrel but you're not saying
2: barrel proof yes so anything that comes out of a single barrel we haven't proofed down at all you don't prove down at okay all. okay, okay. Down cool all. so the only way we get to the 101 is just to proof down with reverse sure. osmosis filtered water uh, we haven't proofed down anything else okay yeah awesome yeah, awesome so uh the next one that we don't have and we're actually fully sold out is the cast strength uh that blend is also um, going to be married in the back again these are not blended rice; these are all uh single source rice so they're all from the same same distillery so you don't actually call them blended but, but they're married together um
1: yeah i have a bottle of that
2: yeah, but, that's uh, the one you let yeah, me yeah, yeah, like first yeah, that's, time I that's came That's still over available here. at retailers and at, at, at bars and restaurants, but we're sold out here at the distillery.
1: Yeah. Understood. You did a good job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then
2: we go into other fun finishing projects. So uh, we got a couple uh, barrels of single malt out of, out of Texas. Uh, we took those barrels and we threw some, some rye in there to finish in there. Uh, one of those single malts we threw in a Oloroso sherry barrel and oh, the wow. other one we threw in a rye barrel. To finish there. That'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. Those are in the back. I can definitely taste you on those as well. Um, One of them uh, was a French oak barrel. So that uh, we finished one of our rise in. And that's this one right here. Oh, cool. Oh, wait, let me. uh...
1: Yeah. Don't, don't, don't spoil it here.
2: So that was uh, a blend of uh, four and five year old MG or four and five year old rise out of Indiana. Mm hmm. And uh, finished for th- six months in a first fill uh, wine barrel, second fill single malt, beer. and yeah. then the third. so that
1: was in this warehouse that it that was, was aged. Finished
2: in, finished in this warehouse. Ah, cool. So we buy aged, pre-aged, four, four to six year old rye and yeah. then we finish them here.
1: Well, I, I mention it just because you know the Texas heat; it's really going to suck up Put whatever in that, uh, yeah. that barrel. So that's so cool.
0: When you finish the Different products, uh, they vary. But are we looking at six weeks to ten weeks, twelve weeks? How long are you going on those?
2: We're new, so we're trying to we're Just walking, playing around. We're playing around and walking okay. down this path as we go. So we start tasting them the first couple of days, uh, making sure they don't turn turn sour because that sure. can easily happen on you. So uh, we we watch them for the first couple of days. Then it's every week. Then it's every two weeks thereafter. We taste And once we think it's ready. And, you know well balanced is what we're looking for not overpowering then um then that's when we pull it you've got all kinds and people are hearing us kind of talk about rye whiskey
0: or kind of what we're focusing on that's what you're doing now kind of a two-part question what made you decide to start with rye because i already know in a conversation we had you're not only doing rye there there's you have a big picture down the road but kind of let us know how that thought process went.
2: So we wanted to do rye uh, over bourbon because we got some good advice that don't come out with a Texas bourbon unless it's true. Sure. Yeah. So we're still sticking to that until I can find a Texas bourbon that I like, that I can actually get my hands on and, and play with. Sure. Uh, there are some Texas bourbons out there that I like. I just can't get them in bulk and, and play yeah. with them. Right. So the ryes are easier to play with. The ryes are at a younger age, three to, three to six years old. Um, those are more flavored and more finished and and readily available in a good drinker at that age, while bourbon at three to oh, four yeah, years old sure. isn't isn't quite there yet. Yeah. Um. So it's a younger, it's a it's a little bit more approachable price point. So we're all we're not about putting out a hundred dollar bottle. Our bottle of our one hundred and one is forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, you can't beat mm-hmm. that. So um, it's approachable product. It's a good product at approachable price. Yeah. Right. So. Um, the r- reason why we went with the rye is that we tasted through the bourbons, we tasted through the ryes, and just the ryes were much better at a yeah. at a good price point. I would you're say also, that- a, you're also when you finish bourbon, it's no longer a bourbon. Right. Yeah. So, bourbon
0: finished in whatever. It yeah. Is. Exactly. So
2: um, th- the guidelines for getting a bourbon and playing with a bourbon, it's a little stricter. A little stricter. Yeah. So there's not as much personal touch as you can put on bourbons.
1: Well, I would say that there's a bit, I mean, at least it, what I've seen, there's a big resurgence in rye being extremely popular. Uh, yeah. Particularly, you know, people are blending in cocktails, but it just as a standalone spirit. Agreed. Um, and uh, I think it was perfect. Go for rye. Because yeah. it's, it's hot it, right now. It's, 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 it's something that people are kind of rediscovering, and I love it.
2: Well, I like it in cocktails, especially. I'm a cocktail guy more than a straight whiskey guy, but I like it in cocktails because you can taste it. You, can, yeah. you know it's there, while in, while bourbon kind of fades away sometimes when it gets overpowered. Yeah. So in an old fashioned, I prefer uh, uh, a rye. I prefer I rye cocktails. Yeah. I prefer a sazerac and a mm-hmm. Um, But that's that's what I like, and might as well drink what I like. You Actually, need to add the
1: vodkare to your uh, to your cocktail list.
2: That's that's a long story, but we'll we'll, we'll get there. We have to develop our own in house vermouth to, to do that, and our in, own in house brandy and cognac to do that too. So. Uh, as a distillery, we have to only, we can only serve things that we make, so we have to develop everything. So all of our cocktails wow. are made with only ingredients we make on site. Oh, okay, oh. that makes sense. Rectify on site. So yeah. yeah, yeah, Okay, brandy's a process. <laughs> brandy's a process, but we are uh, there is a winery on our street that we're working with and developing something. Cool. So we're going to start cool. playing with them and uh, seeing what comes out of it.
0: Awesome. So one thing listeners need to know that you're doing right now, like I said, the second part of my question, the uh, second question I had related to this would be, what are you doing? Because I think it's fun for the listeners to know, hey, I enjoy a rye. Maybe it's not their favorite, but don't pigeonhole you to that's all you're going to do. I mean, you've got this. I, I thought it was great. I mean, rums and all these things you're talking about yeah. uh, eventually coming out. And let's not, you know, you still have some liqueurs. You have some vodka that you're doing. Gin some other things can you talk about that a little
2: yes bit? so uh one of the biggest part is that we were going to not just be a whiskey bar not just be a whiskey distillery and not just be a tasting room so not someplace you walk in you take a couple pours you buy a bottle and walk out right we wanted to have fun we wanted people to come here stay here have a destination distillery an event space those kind of things so that being said you need to have a white portfolio of products something for everyone right yeah it's not about just the spirit and this it's not a it's not about just the spirit, but it's about the people you're drinking with.
0: Oh, I totally agree with that. So Absolutely. if
2: someone is the decision maker in the family and only drinks vodka, they're taking everyone with that with them in that party right. and they're going somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if right. someone only drinks beer, they're going to leave. So the yeah. paperwork I was working on while you were walking in is a beer and wine license. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, very cool. So right right now we have the vodka, a Polish potato vodka, comes in through a broker. We add water to it. It's wonderful. Okay. Um, I don't really need to add much to it other than water. <laughs> is it yeah, yeah. just a vodka or are you doing any it's flavoring? Okay. So in-house um, for bottles sold, it's just a vodka. That's out into distribution networks anywhere. It's like a Manapaloa or a Belvedere. Okay. So we chose a Polish potato vodka, and I've tasted a lot of vodka yeah. to make that decision. And the, po- the potato vodka just doesn't have the bite and has the best mouth feel of everything. Okay. So uh, ah, that know. is what we did here. Uh, in the cocktail menu, there are some drinks that are geared towards gin until our gin comes out in mid or late August to early September. Um, We are substituting some, some infused vodka. So we have uh, a citrus and a rosemary infused vodka to go in those drinks. Those are something we're not, not putting out on the market, but so we have the vodka, we have the gin coming out. Uh, We have the rye, we have the finished rye and French oak and and the honey barrel, them, Excuse me. We also have rum coming in from Jamaica. That That's going to be aesthetic. fun. That has been on a journey and hasn't gotten here yet. I think uh. it's sitting in a rail yard somewhere in Kentucky waiting for, oh, oops. Oops. Yeah, waiting for someone to ship it. Aging longer. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to get that in. That's going to be wonderful. Uh, the gin is developed in-house, uh, which you had. It's a very citrus-forward oh, gin.
1: Beautiful gin. Yes. Loved it.
2: So um, there's a one more round of that to uh, to to move and that's being developed in-house by our own PhD chemist who works on staff and then other things we're just playing with so we have the coffee liqueur that's wonderful Um, that's coffee from down the street infused in six-time distilled can we uh, can we give credit to when we say down the street are we allowed to yes that's ship channel trading about seven doors down okay yeah yeah Um, right
0: down there yeah, so it's on this block. Nice. <laughs> so I love gonna, that you're, you're doing things with, with people in your neighborhood when you talk about, uh, you know, working with the wine and then uh, the coffee here. I think that's great. Oh, yeah. You guys are collaborating on things. Yeah, so uh,
2: this is a, a very good coffee liqueur. Um, we have a limoncello, which we're oh, wow. going to come out with in a couple weeks. Awesome. I believe that date is August 13th, a Friday. Um, that will be released that day. Are you going to do cocktails with the limoncello? We're going to f- do it in a frozen. Ah, nice. So we're going to have that served, served cold. So the nose um, on this coffee liqueur. Oh, it's is beautiful, delicious. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, what do, what do you
0: suggest? How are you? How are you using this? What are you suggesting? You so, the use? coffee
2: liqueur is chip Channel Trading coffee um, infused in vodka for seven days. Added a cold brew to it to proof it down instead of water. Um, chocolate, vanilla, definitely sugar chocolate. in the raw. Or turbinado sugar, and that's it.
1: And you, uh, you have uh, in uh, at the at the bar here. You have a um, a Manhattan with it, right? Yeah, we have
2: a coffee Manhattan, espresso martini here as well. That's Uh, not on the menu, but that that's definitely doable. We do uh, a Bides or a White Russian, and then we do uh, which is the vodka plus the coffee. Yeah, then we also do a Kentucky cold brew, which is a cold brew rye coffee liqueur, cream with an orange zest on top. That's also very delicious. It sounds delicious. I mean, you know. Especially after I, yeah. having a
0: drink of this, this is... Uh, uh, it is awesome. Yes, it is.
2: Uh, we also recommend it on the rocks, straight. I can see that. over
0: yeah. vanilla ice cream. Yeah. I can see the vanilla uh, ice cream. That's... Oh, I'm yeah. I'm thinking of Trace leches cake and pour this over. Oh, man.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, tiramisu? Yeah. Maybe something like that. That'd be So we're working
2: awesome. on getting these all out into distribution right now. They're actually all at the distributor's warehouse. And the month of August, I'm going to be going around... Uh, advancing the product through through other places. So uh, well, Johnny's Goldbreaker will be picking up our, our coffee and our vodka for their espresso martini there. Uh, we're also in a couple of different stores, bars, and restaurants around town.
1: Man, uh, that's fantastic. So, uh, so uh, I have to ask you a question. And and I'm a, wh- a whiskey nut, so were you into whiskey before you were like, I want to dive into a distillery? I mean, yeah, other than your... Uh, my
2: business partner and I have been... Drinking bourbon for a while. Okay. Okay. So,
0: so Zach's love of bourbon, because you said he was the one who approached you and said, put together a business plan for whiskey.
2: Well, we're both big guys. Yeah. And we both don't, I mean, I drink beer, but I don't drink a lot of beer because it makes me bloated. And I drink uh, whiskey is Bingo. Of- <laughs> How many times you heard me <laughs> say that? But, so yeah. uh, we prefer whiskey in that case, and, and that was our go-to drink. So if him and I are going to go out and do something, we're going to be... Drinking whiskey.
0: Yeah, we just, it makes sense that, you know, if you're going to do something, they always say if you're going to do it well, you're going to have a passion for it. Yeah. yeah. So we assume behind there is some passion you and, both and have. And Tito
2: or, definitely said, if you, whatever you make, you're going to drink a lot, a lot of it. So make something that you like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. You're
2: off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. yeah so everything definitely. we have, I I, I love. So uh, I like gin and tonics. I like gins. I like Negronis. That's why we're coming out with the gin. Um, the vodka tonics here are wonderful. The Garden Gimlet here is wonderful. All those vodka cocktails are wonderful. And then the rise, as I said, I'm a Sazerac, uh, boozy forward rye kind of guy. Yeah. Wow.
0: Like cool. So were you playing? I mean, I know you said you, you were putting all this together during the 2020 COVID, everything going on. Were you already getting some samples in and starting to play to kind of build that profile of what you were looking for? Or is this because you're you're brand new. And for me to look at what products you already have for only being – I mean, when? how long have you been open and
2: producing? So, our first ride came out in December last year.
0: So, we're talking eight months. Yep. Yeah. And you've already got this lineup of products that are all, I mean. There's a lot right. of bottles in front and, of us. And what yeah. we've had is all very good. So, I'm like, and you're, you're.
2: Yeah, you're, we're jumping in. Yeah, for you us. are. So, um, I'd say about mid-year last year is okay. when I stopped spending 15 hours on hand sanitizer and started spending. Thirteen hours on hand sanitizer and two hours on on booze. There you go. <laughs> so uh, the first no, oh sam- samples. <laughs> I mean, the first samples I got were probably three four years ago. Okay. So, um, but at that point, I knew it was too far down the road. So I had them, and I knew knew generally what I could do. Right. Um, obviously, uh, I can't go get a price sheet for a specific barrel, and then three years later order it. Right. It's yeah. going to be gone. So every couple of months, those sheets are updated, the volumes are updated, and stuff like that. Um, we did reach out to a lot of distilleries, get a lot of samples, put a lot of things together. We got some great brandies, some great ryes, uh, some great rums in. Um, but it's, it's definitely a network you have to work. And yeah. to
0: me, it's going to be fun. It's one of those things, you know, I'll equate it to sports. I'm a big sports guy. When, when you have a new team that's formed and you get to jump on board, and you get to go down that journey with them, you know, as they continue to grow and develop and win championships. I'm, I'm glad that we're here in Houston with them, and we get to kind of jump on board right now. Yeah. And, because people are going to enjoy you 10 years from now, but they're I not going to so. be able to say they were part of the journey. When yeah, you guys yeah, started yeah. seeing the, new, the first product you're putting out to what you're, you know, that, that big bad boy that you're talking about. Absolutely. In 10 years.
2: For sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think the first – Decision to do rye over bourbon was probably made about a year ago. Good decision. Um, good decision there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was plenty of options. We just everything we sampled. We the rye came in and it was much better at affordability price. So not spending, you know, twenty five dollars a bottle on juice. Yeah. Versus yeah. Um, spending less than that. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Well, it's a. I mean, and and the packaging looks really nice too. I, I I really enjoy. Like, I think the bottle's cool. It's very classy. What
0: you you think a bottle's cool?
1: Oh, I know. I, I well, we have a the kind of a little joke on the show. Like, uh, like my thing is like, you know, packaging matters. That's a cool bottle. You know, like
2: yeah. So uh, we definitely went at it with primary target market of a, a young urban millennial and secondary target market of bartenders. Yeah. So don't do anything a bartender wouldn't want you to do. Mm-hmm. So your bottle needs to be easy to pour, which needs to have a long neck that you can grab. Yeah. It needs to be able to fit in a, in a well, which is what our, our leader bottles are fit yeah. for. And it needs to not have um, be awkward to grab, basically. Yeah. Well, it
1: makes sense.
2: Makes sense. And, so uh, uh, I like tall and regal. <laughs> yeah. So everything. My know, shelf
1: doesn't, but, uh, yeah. but other than that. Well, where you do know. you
2: put it when you don't?
1: Well, you put the tall bottles on the top shelf, you know.
2: So what does that mean? There you go. You have tall bottles. They automatically go to the top shelf and people like, oh, what's on your top shelf? Oh, the the good stuff. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, I am uh, building a (laughs)
1: home right now and I'm going to have a specific whiskey room in the home. So, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to have shelving to accommodate. But, uh, you know, there's I guess I'll have to put something on the top there.
2: Yeah. So (laughs) that's that's the point of having a tall bottles. It won't go. It won't sit at the bottom shelf that that
1: is true yeah.
2: so actually these ones that are coming out for our single barrel those are the ones that are available right now all of these are sold out through the united states there's a shortage on glass oh really yeah so we, we talked we, about that yeah we did. Out to, we did we did reached out to buy more of these and they had said oh it'll always be available in fact we're destroying some because we have so much that was early 2020 now they're like oh, these are the only bottles available in the united states buy them now or they're going to be sold tomorrow
0: so, this isn't something to stay. It's only till this comes back.
2: Well, if we, we like it, we'll keep it. Okay. Yeah. I
0: mean, to me, it's a little bit of a differentiator. If I see that shape, I know single barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Versus yeah, yeah. from your so, brand. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, all of
2: these, we only have a couple more boxes left of these. Uh, and then those are going to have the coffee liqueur. And then the more tall square bottle is okay. the one that's going to be uh, moving forward. Yeah. I,
1: I kind of like that bottle, though. That's really neat.
2: Well, out of all the other choices I had... That was the
1: one. I had about
2: 11 <laughs> different choices, most of which were short and squat or, you know, uh, it, in, in other bottles that other distilleries use a lot. And I, yeah. for me, differentiation is key.
0: I thought you were paying homage to your first visit to the Scottish distillery because you know why his shape of the bottle so it wouldn't roll off the table when he's drunk.
2: Yep. I thought you were. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point.
0: You were giving him a little. You know.
2: Well, you can't go with a green triangular bottle. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That, would be, that would be a little off-limits. But, but
2: it's still a cool, cool bottle. Cool. It's, yeah. it's got to be a cool bottle. Nothing's custom here because we just don't have the money to throw at custom molds sure, and stuff sure. like and, that. Nor should you. I, don't, I mean, yeah. it's more important what's in the bottle. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. I do want you to also talk about your label because, I, I, well, one, uh, the design of it, kind of what's the – it's an eagle that's on the barrel – but uh, I love the colors. I mean, people are going to notice this on a shelf yeah. or in a bar and go, at least ask the question, what is, what is that?
2: Yeah. So uh, our bottles and our labels are still our temporary labels right now. They are. And what happens if you buy a label, you know, say you buy a thousand labels, it's $300. If you buy 10,000, it's $500. Sure. So might as well buy 10,000 of it and have plenty of them in the back. So we have plenty of these single barrel labels, so we'll be using these for for quite a long term, and I think we're going to stick with this as, as our single barrel look. So that's not an eagle. That's a it's griffin. Not. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a griffin. Okay, excuse me. So uh, the griffin is our mascot from rugby in college. Oh, okay. Ah, cool. And this is the actual drawing that is on our sweatshirts that we still wear. Oh, ah, very cool. Yes. So uh, we did replace... The holding of a rugby ball with the holding of a barrel. And in the case of a, the vodka, a holding of a potato. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For all well, those taters out I, there. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, I mean,
2: I could have put an old guy on the label or some other thing. Um, but we went with the Griffin because that's us. Yeah. Well, no, no, I, I, think I, it's great. I, can, I know that's me. I can always be proud of something like that. Yeah. Um, and then I said, put some pink on it and put a lot of pink on it because I wanted to stick out on a shelf
0: definitely yeah. does that and and I think your your old teammates have to appreciate what you've done
2: too. Yeah, unfortunately they haven't bought a lot of it, but what? I got to talk to them about it. Yeah, that. that's <laughs> you yeah. know. Come but, on now. But uh no, the the griffin holding the barrel whiskey and and the pink everywhere. I wanted to stick out. Not everything's brown, copper, red and green.
0: Yeah. Right. No, I agree with you. I, I love what you've done with the, the It's got kind of
2: bowl. like a like
0: a like a rock
1: band kind of thing ish.
2: Yeah. Uh, for our future labels that we're still playing around with designs, we're either going to do a nice geometric bold colors and then have the building painted the same to match it, or we're going to think about having more fun packaging. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, you, look, a couple of dad jokes Yeah. I in like, there and stuff. I like that. that. <laughs> like, hey, have the label just say, hey, buy me, I'm good. <laughs> and just stuff like that, right? There you go. If, some, if you see packaging that says, hey, buy me, I'm good, you're, you'll think about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> definitely. I love that idea. I love
0: that idea. Um, the other thing you have in front of us here I wanted you to just talk about a little bit, and I'm intrigued with, I'm going to have to get a bottle of this from you, is you have some honey from Hive. and Well, I'm not even going to say You go ahead and tell them what this is.
2: Yeah, so uh, – there were some other concepts and some other distilleries that had done some, some honey barrel aging. So uh, we had a rye barrel from our first fill, and someone walked on the property, and we had talked to him before, and he lived around the corner. And when I say around the corner, it is two turns. You go to the stop sign, you turn right, you take the first, first left, and it's a five-minute walk away. And he is Cyrus of High Bee Farm. And they had done some, some honey projects with some other, other people as well. So we looked at him and we said, okay, here's a rye barrel. You want to put some honey in it? He's like, yes, I do. Nice. So he took the rye barrel. He put some honey in it. That is aged for three months in our first fill rye barrel. That's what's this, this honey that you're talking about. And then we took the barrel back, and we put rye in it. Oh. So that's this ah. honey barrel rye over here okay, that the, uh, the is finished for three months oh there. wow so this is a very if you want to try this as well got a little you get the honey a little sweet a little a little sweet a little uh viscous I'm
1: trying to remember what glasses held what
2: so you can definitely smell taste and feel oh. the honey in that oh yeah Absolutely. you get the honey and right, right off the i'll bed. show you the, the bottom of the barrel on that mm-hmm. one you shake it up and it's just a little bit of char and a little bit of honey all over the place <laughs> that's sweet yeah. Oh, literally. Very little. So those are the fun projects. We've got a couple others in the back that we're playing with, but we're starting to look at what we're going to pick out for Christmas time and stuff like that and pull those. Start. You
1: know, I, 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 this is my second time trying the um, uh, the Honey Barrel. And what I'll say is um, the sweet, sweetness is obviously there, mm-hmm. but it's not as, like, slap you in the face as other products, I'd say, that were aged in Honey Barrels.
2: Yeah, so the rye definitely holds up. Yeah. Right? If you put, you know, a single barrel or a bourbon or something else in there, it's going to be a little bit more honey-forward. Yeah. The rye and that spice and that back end, it's big, bold flavor. That's what a rye is. Yeah. So that holds up with the honey very well. Definitely. And it, it also shows up in the actual honey better. Mm. So it has a much better nose and, and taste to it. Well, I'm going to have take than some Than the other is. ones that were. Yeah. Honey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> and you could totally see it going into a cocktail, too. I mean, it would be like a perfect, perfect spirit for a cocktail.
2: But you can feel that viscosity, too, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah big yeah, time. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready for it. If you're not ready for it, it'll it's get, get weird. you a little bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But the nose is, is real. I mean, it's like, whoa, this is honey.
0: You know, this is wild honey. You but you I still you get it on the palate as well. You uh-huh. do, but it's more but like you said, it is you know? very well balanced, yeah, which I, I like. I mean, I'm a honey fan. yeah. No, I like a piece of toast and put a little honey on it, and I'm yeah. good. So this is right up my.
1: Oh own. yeah, this yeah. is awesome, man. I love it. I love it. I mean, I think so far so good. You've you yeah. knocked it out of the park here.
2: Yeah, and then the other things we're working on, and we haven't really come out with yet, is stuff to Wait, make. we we get breaking here. <laughs> nice. Well, kind of. Yeah, kinda, yeah. Right. Uh, we definitely are working on things for the bar. Okay. Cool. So, when you ask for a Vucre or you ask for some other kind of drink, you need amaros. You need uh, brandies and other liqueurs. Are you going to make amaro? So we have done three batches of amaro, and we're working on it. Oh, nice. One thing is amaros are hard because no one will give you their secret.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh Trial and error, huh? Yeah,
2: so it's a lot of trial and error. There's very
1: few brands, if you look at it, like on the shelf. You know, they've been around forever, forever. But, uh, but very few like new entries in there. Yeah.
2: So uh, we have some people who are interested in working with us on doing tomorrow's. But uh, a lavender liqueur, uh, orange liqueur, those kind of things you can add into your bar to make a a lot more cocktails, right? Yeah. So you got to have a a substitute for a Benedictine or a Grand Marnier. Yeah. to go into some cocktails and add a little bit of orange flavor to them, right?
1: I don't even know what Benedictine is made out of.
2: Uh, it is a liqueur with some herbs and a lot of orange in it. So uh, it,
1: it comes in a champagne-looking kind of bottle. Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: It's an orange liqueur with, with herbs, basically. And,
1: and the only reason you have that is to make a Vucare. Yep, that, I like Vucare. Me too. So.
0: Well, everybody listening, I mean, We already said that you're not distributed completely throughout the city, but touch again on if they're out and about, where they can find you, if you can name just a few places so they know. Obviously, the preference would be come here. This is a destination distillery. Come here, enjoy it, get some samples. You don't have to buy a whole bottle before you try it. Correct. And then you can find what you like and, and grab a bottle of that, the honey and some other things that you want to take home with you. But just so they know if they're hearing this, they're out and about, and they go, I still want to pick up a bottle. So uh, we are
2: at Tony K's, and uh, they have all four of our products. Village Liquor also has all four of our products, which is the Rye uh, 101, the Cast Strength Rye, the vodka, and the coffee. Um, Specs Downtown has our Rye 101. Okay. Um, So that's, sorry, Specs Midtown off Smith Street has that. Uh, We're working on getting our other products in there as well. Um, Other liquor stores, Sky Liquor has our vodka, uh, Roma, Ricky's, Ricky's out north. Okay. Yep, yeah. and a, a couple other. Uh, good, you're really. kind of spread out a little bit, yeah, which yeah, is that's great. Good. Yeah, yeah. So we're all looking at opening up a couple different more accounts, accounts through the uh, sorry the liquor stores, um, and then bars and restaurants. We're in all of Bobby's concepts. So we're in Anvil, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow, oh, nice. Tuncat cool. Sparrow. Uh, we're at Two Headed Dog in Midtown. We're at Reserve One Hundred and One downtown. We're at Poison Girl in uh, Montrose. Mm-hmm. Johnny's Gold Brick uh there's a couple more space cowboy oh
0: nice mm-hmm.
2: yep very cool and pricing just 49.99 to 49.99 for our uh 101 uh 64.99 for our cast strength okay um our vodka is going to be 20 to twenty twenty two 22 dollars uh, our our single barrel releases right now are, are all half bottles, so they're three hundred seventy five milliliters. Those are at thirty eight ninety nine. Okay, great. Uh, instead of pricing a you know seventy eight seventy nine dollar bottle, we yeah. put it into two. That's so pretty a genius. More approachable price more point. More people get to try it too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then this bad boy. That uh, that honey is thirty dollars. So how much do you have left of that? We'll have about two cases left. Okay, I figured. But he's got more more that he hasn't bottled, and you can always go pick that up at Urban Harvest Farmers Market from Hype okay. Hive Bee Farm. I, I can imagine
0: that's going to be good. I'm going to want to get some of that. Um, I got some of that. You can sample too. Okay, yeah, cool. fantastic. Cool. Well, man, we really appreciate you coming on the uh, the show and, and kind of letting us talk to you about what you're doing here. Home run, Carter. I mean, this is a fantastic <laughs> place. People in Houston is brand new. I mean,
1: well, I want they're, uh, they're... I want the places near me to be really successful and popular. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. As
0: much as you drink, I don't know if they have a yeah. Know, they don't a have cho- a choice. Yeah. 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 I, God. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, but yeah. I, I didn't realize you were as new as you are. And, and for everything that you're doing already, I, I'm super impressed. And, and a guy that has that kind Thank of you. drive and determination to succeed, I can only imagine what you're going to do here in the next few years, next 10 years. So well,
2: it's definitely not just me. It's about building a good, uh, good team and good people. Yeah, so yeah but I'm if they, they couldn't
0: wouldn't. be here for the show, they get no credit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just, they oh, sorry, Zach. The credit. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just, kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, I'm yeah, kidding.
0: We're just kidding. I'm sure Zach is uh, 100%... Part of this as well i never say 50 because i know you're both putting in 100 percent to make this work
2: for sure for sure but yeah. everyone who works works for us is fantastic yeah uh we have a good bar manager good good back of house staff office staff everyone's just wonderful
0: yeah well this has been great we appreciate you taking the time
1: yeah definitely thank you brian
2: well thank you thank you for having me on and uh just send people on by yeah, yeah we like will we said, for uh, sure. if you haven't been you live in houston
0: definitely come check it out if you're not in houston but you come this way at some point put this on your list you definitely want to come by check it out it will be great drink and an outstanding experience so come check them out yeah all right thanks everybody for joining us on this episode of food wine and whiskey in your own backyard and until our next episode enjoy your next pour